The FIBA World Cup tournament is in full swing, and Miami's Nikola Jovic continues his strong play with a 25-point outing for Serbia. We give you our takeaways of his performance and debate how that could impact his role with the Heat. And the ultimate question, is Jovic too good to include in a trade for Damian Lillard? We break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Heat. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Mill. However you're tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, Nikola Jovic mm. is having himself a feeble, a feeble World Cup run here, David. This morning, uh, a few hours before we started recording, he posted a perfect game, 25 points on 9 of 9 shooting, no turnovers in Serbia's win over South Sudan. He's been named Serbia's player of the game two games in a row now after he scored a team-high 17 games in the previous game to help Serbia go 3-0 and in this group stage. We'll get to what his development could mean for the Miami Heat or if they should even reconsider including him in a Damian Lillard trade package. But before mm. we get to that, David, just what has impressed you the most about Jovic's run so far? Two things. The comfort level is the first thing. He just seems so clear as to what his purpose is. Last year, obviously, rookie season, still a teenager, playing in America with championship aspirations team, and it's hard to figure out what you're supposed to do when you're adapting from FIBA-style basketball or European-style basketball to play in the NBA. Completely different game in terms of the rules, the physicality, the style of play. You have to adapt and we can be clear on the fact that Jovic was not very comfortable in his first season with the Heat. On top of that, suffering a str- an injury that kept him out for large chunks of the season, had to find his way back into the rotation, and really never had a comfortable footing at any point in the season. So that is the thing that stood out to me. Watching him catch and shoot as Bojan Bogdanovic, you know, whips passes to him, just in rhythm, had a couple of three-point shots that were contested. One, a fadeaway at the buzzer that he nails, nothing but net. Another one where he just catches it and immediately hoists it, draws a foul. A four-point play for Jovic in the FIBA World Cup action. That's amazing. So that is the thing that really stood out to me, is that he just really knows how to play alongside these particular teammates and knows exactly what to do. And that brings me to the second point then, which is I wonder how much – more comfortable he is because he's playing with his fellow countrymen as Mm -hmm. opposed to adapting to the American style of play and having to deal with larger-than-life personalities, American personalities, and Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, etc. Like, that is a struggle for a lot of European players. Like, we focus on guys like, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, Luka Doncic, who was, you know, playing professionally since the time he was, like, a sperm cell. And it's like... You know, it's it's very difficult. A lot of European guys come to the league, test their waters a little bit, and say, you know what, I, this isn't really for me. I can't either play this style or I don't feel comfortable playing with, you know, these these people on this roster. And it's, a, it's an acclimation process. But you see him, Nikola Jovic, I'm talking about, playing with, with his countrymen. And it's just a completely different style of play, much more comfortable than even what, what I saw from him in Las Vegas. 
And it is a different style of play just in general. The rules are different yeah. in the FIBA World Cup. It's that international style of rules. It's a more free-flowing game and all these things. I, I don't think that there's any doubt that Jovic is more comfortable in this setting than he is in the NBA setting for a variety of reasons, many of which you've already laid out. What I find interesting, though, and it's a great point that you bring up, the teammates part of it. Like, Serbia, they could have they could win this thing. Like, yeah. this isn't... like. This isn't just some team that Jovic is just randomly starring on. There is NBA talent across this roster, a team that, by the way, was kind of hoping on having Nikola Jokic. And then Jokic, after that finals run, deciding that he's going to take a step back from that international uh, play. And that kind of elevates Jovic in a new role. But he's playing off of Bogdan Bogdanovic. He's playing off of guys who could play in the NBA or have played in the NBA. They're not just feeding him because he happens to be like the token NBA talent, right? Like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson is a great story right now for South but right. it's Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And I mean, no disrespect by that, but he didn't work out in the NBA. Jovic is still, you know, young and promising and, and, and a former first round pick and all these things. And a lot of times, like if those kinds of players are on lesser talented teams, they kind of just funnel everything through them. That is not the case with Serbia at all. That's not their culture. It's That's not team, how they yeah. play ball. It is a team. And yet, they keep finding Jovic. And that's what kind of brings me to my point here. What impresses me the most is you mentioned the comfortability. And I, and I think you and I are going to say the same thing, but coaches call it point fiving, mm-hmm. right? In point five seconds, you should have your decision made. Are you shooting or are you putting the ball on yes. the ground and attacking? And you read the quotes uh, with Serbia's uh, national head coach after this game. And he talks about that. Coaching up Jovic. Hey, when you catch it, either shoot it. Or put or if they're if you're open or if they're closing out on you, put the ball down and attack because we trust you with your ball skills to do that. And then either score or, or you know make the right play or whatever it might be. And he's done a couple of things like dropping, finding those drop off passes with based on cutters and stuff like that. But in this game, man, he was just going for it. And uh, that to me, that quick decision making is so important, not just with Team Serbia and their and their dreams of of meddling in this thing, but or not meddling, but placing in this thing, but for the Heat. You know, we'll get to what this means for his development on Miami's roster. But when when young guys start to make faster decisions, you tend to see their game just take another level, just go right. up another level. And you're seeing that right now in international play with Jovic. I, I think a lot of fans are going to get caught up in the, the three-point shooting part of all of it, like going five of five from three-point range. That's awesome, right? You want Like that that three-point shot needs to come along. Yep. That's that's like kind of second or third on my list of things that are exciting me over Nikola Jovic. It's the decision making, it's the comfortability, and it's the fact that other players on his team are looking for him, and that tells you everything you need to know. Like the, the ball don't lie, right, David? Like the teammates will tell you who needs to have the ball. We see this with Team USA all the time with Anthony Edwards, for instance. Like we keep talking about Anthony Edwards. Oh, he's the man right now on Team USA. Why? Because his teammates keep trying to give him the ball, and right now. It's it's a, it's a lot of Bogdan Bogdanovic for Serbia. It's a lot of Nikola Jovic for Serbia, too. He's won, again, player of the game for Team Serbia two games in a row now. I think that's meaningful. Yeah, and at 20 years old, like that, I, yeah. I think that really stands out. You're talking about professionals, whether in the United States, in the NBA, or in Europe, and the fact that they're going to this 20-year-old and saying, hey, take us home, make the right play, knock down those shots. It kind of builds off of what, you know, Karan Butler told me in, in Las Vegas talking about, you know, just when it comes to Jovic, you just want to get him to keep shooting, keep shooting, find that, com- you know, that aggression, the the comfort to just say, you know what, I got to take the shot. The ball's in my hands. I yeah. know I can do this. And they're just kind of 
you know, pumping him up, getting him ready, psyching him up for the big moment. And he's not letting him down. He's just a completely different player than what we saw last season. in Miami. And, and, and just one other thing before we move on to what this means for Miami, mm. people might roll their eyes. Yeah. Well, he did it against South Sudan. I don't care who he did it against. It I don't matter. care. He did it on team Serbia. Like I am more impressed, not by who he's doing it against. Cause you know, South Sudan, no disrespect, but they're not a team brimming with NBA talent. But he's doing this on his team. They are finding him. And that is so important and so meaningful and so telling. And they're what winning. This, and they're winning. What does this mean for the Miami Heat? What can they learn from Jovic's experience in the World Cup? And how can they apply that to his sophomore season? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with the incredible offer from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5, just 5 bucks, and you get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's a great bargain. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. And kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Lockdown Heat. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. If you missed our interview with Cole Swider, I'm Heat Training Camp invite uh, earlier this week. Make sure to go ahead and check that out. On Monday, we also discussed the futures of Giannis, Damian Lillard, Anthony Edwards, whether or not the Miami Heat could play into the futures of those players. Um, next week, we'll be discussing where one area of improvement for every single player on the Miami Heat roster. Probably going to be a two-parter, so make sure our everydayers tune in for that next week. Uh, that said, when we're talking about improvement, I think Nikola Jovic has shown obvious improvement in the FIBA World Cup. You want to temper expectations a little bit, a little bit. Because we don't really know what his role will be for the Miami Heat next year. Yep. But I think that watching him in this World Cup, one of the things that also stands out to me, David, is that this is the way, this is not the way that Jovic has been used in international play growing up prior to his NBA experience. It is the way he was more of a kind of a ball handling wing. He's right. playing off the ball a lot. He's making his shots, catch and shoot threes, attacking yep. closeouts off of bent defenses, uh, scrambling defenses. He's getting out in transition, which I find, you know, very like we didn't get to that part. Just his ability to run the break has been so impressive. Intercepting passes, running the break, uh, or, or playing off of other guys' created turnovers and just yeah. making himself an available target and open. Uh, that's been really important. I think that's going to be a way that he could score points at the NBA level. I, I just think that the way we're seeing a marriage now of mm-hmm. how Jovic is being used with with the Serbian national team. And I think the way that the Heat envision using him at the NBA level, would you agree with that? I, I do. I, I think there's still the potential for him to be that kind of point forward. You know, I made the Lamar Odom comparison a couple of shows ago, and I, I know it, it seems overblown considering Odom was such an incredible talent, but I, I think he does possess that skill set. But it is good to see this kind of evolution, not just evolution, but also the fact that he's comfortable and capable of being that off-ball player, the catch-and-shoot guy. If they acquire Dame Lillard, if Miami does acquire Dame Lillard, I think Nikola Jovic should start. I've said it before. I think he's that good. I think we're talking about either starting Jovic or Kevin Love, and we've talked about the potential starting lineups before. But if 
I, I know it seems hyperbolic, but Jovic just provides a skill set that no no other end. I mean, no other Heat player has. Like at his size, his ball handling. I mean, he's not Bam at a bio who does have those skills as well. But it's just it's a little different, a little flair, and he's he's possesses the three point shot. If he could carry over this confidence, we're talking about pairing him alongside Dame, having two plus defenders in Dame and, and, and I'm sorry, and Jimmy and Bam, and maybe even having Caleb there as your fifth starter for his defensive capabilities. That is a really potent offensive unit. I don't even care what the bench looks like at this point because that starting group will blow out teams if Jovic plays the way he does in FIBA. He would be competing with Kevin Love, Haywood Highsmith, maybe Caleb Martin, although I, I think they We've prefer not movie. to play Caleb Martin at power. Yeah, exactly. They prefer not to play him there at the four, but I, I would. it's just worth throwing his name in there since he did start whatever, 58, 59 games last year at the position. But um, look... You're much. I, I think you're higher on Jovic's ability to make an impact this coming season more yeah. than I am. I think you and I are both very high on his long-term potential and potential fit with Bam Adebayo, of which is perfect if it works out. Like if he becomes that yeah. kind of Lamar Odom hybrid, you know, kind of European version of that, that's the ideal fit, especially if he's going five of five from three-point range. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. But. In terms of his short-term impact, I still need to see it defensively from him, and and if it's if it's gonna that that's where my questions are. It has nothing to do with the offense necessarily, especially sure. especially if he's making quick decisions like this. Because the other thing, if you're playing next to Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, maybe Damian Lillard, you don't get to hold the ball. <laughs> you don't like you you don't get to you don't get yeah. to be point forward right now. You don't get to do that kind of stuff. You you get the ball and you either shoot it or you attack, and or you keep it moving. And that's it. That's your role. And if he can embrace that role right now, playing for Team Serbia, playing off of a really good NBA player in Bogdan Bogdanovic, who's kind of running the show there, and they've got other ball handlers too that are really talented. If he's willing to do that now, of course he'd be willing to do that, playing off of teammates he already knows, like Jimmy, Bam, and if Damian Lillard were to arrive, Damian Lillard, I'm sure too. That part isn't the concern for me. As much as it was going into this thing, I will tell you just based on these few games, these three games, and some of the stuff that we saw in the friendlies, even like I, I feel a lot better about Jovic on offense than I did going into this thing. Yeah. Um, also worth mentioning, Luol Dang, former Miami Heat forward, on the on the coaching staff for the Sudanese team. I think so. So, um, I mean, uh, Sudanese, so that makes sense. Yeah. But- so I, I think that they had maybe a moment in this game uh, early Wednesday morning. Maybe I look. I wouldn't. It would not shock. I'm sure they talked. The culture. And so you just you like to see that Eric Spolstra obviously uh, oversees there. They have had some interactions. We've seen uh, clips of them having meals together in hotel lobbies and stuff like that. So it's yep. good to have his coach there too, and just be like, hey man, I like I like what you're doing here. Yep. You know, kind of nudging him in that direction, that positive encouragement and all that kind of stuff. Like. Offensively, I don't have those questions. Defensively, I have questions at the NBA level, but that's it. I, I think that's fair. Uh, we don't know. Uh, I still contend that, you know, if you have that kind of a starting lineup and we can see, not necessarily a fraction, but a good chunk of what we've seen from Jovic in the FIBA action, if he can bring that level of play to the starting group, it doesn't really matter what the defense Who do you want to see? Who do you want to see him play with? Like, who do you, who in your mind is like the Bogdan Bogdanovich for Nikola Jovic? on the Heat's roster? I mean, it's Dame. Uh, it's Jimmy. I, I think it's both Dame. of them. I love how you're just like, it's Dame. He's he's already on the Heat's roster. I mean, it, I mean, look, insert any guard there. Like, okay. Lowry would find him. If he's a starter, 
then that's the, that's the, uh, the the option there. Obviously, Tyler would do the same thing if he is comfortable in these catch and shoot situations. I think shifting to off ball and having the comfort to be able to just pop those again with a guy in his grill drawing contact for a four point play. I know it's just one play. Maybe it's not indicative of what he'd be able to translate over the long run, but I am optimistic, and, and I think that matters. I think I'll go so far as to say if he's not a starter, he should definitely have a bigger role with the Heat next season, and if not, I think that reflects poorly on the Heat coaching staff and front office. I, I, you draft a kid, you want to continue to build on that confidence. You've got something there, a, a bunch of potential, and the best way of doing it, and we haven't seen this a lot from Spo because he does put such a premium on defense, is maybe keeping players pigeonholed to a certain degree where you kind of just have, you know, this is a round peg and a round hole, and this is all that we can find for them. And cause you kind of lean into their strengths and, and, and I, and, and you don't want to necessarily have them exposed for their weaknesses. And so I understand why the rationale has been there in the past, but I think if you want to see a different dynamic to this group than what you saw last year, and you're not worried about injury and stuff like that because he is young because he yeah. can't go through the grind of an 82 game season. You've got to give him some opportunity there. Like guys like him need. They to gave play. him opportunity last year. He just got sidelined with the with the with the back injury. They and played him a ton in the G League when they could, and then the the back injury ended he up. He stunk in the G League. Fair enough. I, I, I look. I he mean, barely I, played I, though. Like he played what two, three games. What it was barely any time. Like it. it it's disappointing that he had the back injury, but also that back injury was related to a growth spurt, right? To kind of that growth. Like yeah. it, he didn't, I don't think he, whatever. So um, it's not a bad thing necessarily. And it seems like talking with him and people around him that that thing, that, that that's in the past now. Um, I mentioned the competition there, Kevin Love, Haywood Highsmith, Nikola Jovic, Caleb Martin. We don't even, not even talking about who starts because that's less interesting than what you're talking about is Jovic's role mm-hmm. on the team in general. I'm with you. He needs to play. I think the Heat will play him, I, especially if a Damian Lillard trade doesn't happen and you're yeah. looking for ways for this team to improve. Yeah. One of the ways is getting something out of Nikola Jovic. And I think that they want to see what he's got, especially if he's not part of a Damian Lillard trade or if a Damian Lillard trade has to go into the season. They're going to want to showcase him anyway, right? And so, uh, especially if they're high on him, and I do think that they're, I, that they're high on him. They drafted him for a reason. Uh, and I think they're really excited about him taking part of the World Cup. I think they encouraged him to do it, and um, and I think they've got to be pretty happy with what he's shown so far. Uh, whether or not he should be a part of the Damian Lillard trade talks, that's what we're going to talk about next. Has his World Cup run so far, should that take him off the table for the Miami Heat? That's coming up. Welcome back to Lockdown Heat. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Every dayers, tune in next week. We're going to go through the entire Miami Heat roster and name one thing that every Miami Heat player needs to improve on. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, Damian Lillard, mm. still on the Portland Trail Blazers. Nikola Jovic, still on the Miami Heat. We don't really know what the potential trade package is, where Miami stands in terms of what they'd be willing to offer, but we kind of know we kind of know what the negotiation would look like, right? It we did it. Part- we did it ourselves just last week. We did. Go back and check uh, that episode. Richmond, if you haven't yeah. checked it out, mock draft with Lockdown Blazers host Mike Richmond. Like that was a lot of fun. You played 
28 other GMs in the process. Uh, that was pretty interesting yeah. to see you more from role to role. But we did wind up finalizing a, a pretty interesting deal. Some Blazers fans were okay with it. Some were not. Uh, yeah. Heat fans were pretty cool with it. So that was good. And that's all. Was that Jokic really part of that? I think it was Hawkins. Yes. Or no, yeah, yeah it no, was one yeah, of them. It, it boiled down. I tried to convince him to take Hawkins well, instead of Jokic. Unfortunately, that did not take. I think, and that was sort of what I thought would happen. If if Miami could keep one of the young guys, we've talked about this before, but Jovic or Hakez, I think that would be their preference. Let's just keep one. We need to just keep one of these guys out of the deal if we can, but maybe we just leave it up to Portland. Hey, it's up to you. Jovic or Hakez, you take your pick, whichever one, and then we'll keep the other and go for it. Do you think that this World Cup run by Jovic has maybe changed their decision? Maybe their preference would be, all right, we'll offer, we'll go ahead and just offer Hakez. We're going to try to keep Nikola Jovic out of this thing. What do you think? Absolutely not. I, I think as much as it's a great idea to say that Jovic has put himself as untradeable, Miami, I think I think the, the, the attitude is still wise to say, you know, obviously you don't want to bargain against yourself. You don't you don't want to offer too much. If Portland is adamant about acquiring both Hakez and Jovic you do what you can to avoid that possibility. But if they're saying, you know what, it's, it's <laughs> Jovic or no deal, then you include Jovic. Yeah. Like, as much as we're both high on his long-term potential and think he could be a good player sooner rather than later, like you get Dame Lillard who seems motivated. And we talked about this in a recent episode. Like he is just, he's so laser focused on winning a championship. And that's what it's all about. Like, you can find another Jovic maybe down the line. Maybe you can even have another reconnection with him the same way that we're seeing with Josh Richardson this season. It's like, you know, we were there at the beginning. We loved it. And I'm sure, you know, I talked to Jovic about it. He, he, he understood. It's just, you know, you can't do anything about it. You can't control it. You know, it's Dame Lillard. What are you going to do? Like, I mean, right. that this is the reality. If you can acquire a top 75 player, a superstar, a top 10, 15 player in today's NBA – and I understand it's going to be painful to be able to have to trade these young guys that you 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 scout that you have high hopes for, right? But you can't you can't pass up that opportunity to acquire Dan. You got to give up good players to get good players, and I know that there's some debate about whether or not Miami has good players, <laughs> uh, good enough players for Damian Lillard. But in general, I agree with you. If Portland says Jovic or we walk, then you include Jovic, and you, does, even, you don't think does this, you think this you don't is, have a meeting about it. Does this flip the script for Portland, though? Like, I think that's the other question, though, is like our exactly. Blazers fans and Blazers front office people watching this and going, you know, maybe he's not so bad. Like, I, I know it was I joked about this with Matt Moore. It's become like a running gag over the last few you know, months or so of the Dame Little trade request. I say, Jovic, he's got the potential. Why is everybody kind of crapping on Miami's trade offer? Because Jovic is this guy. And, uh, and you know, he's like, oh, he's not really that guy. And, and, and a lot of Blazers fans feel the same way. You know, the poo-poo platter, right? That's, that's what they're calling Miami's uh, uh, reported trade offer. Does this change the perspective? Do you see what he kind of has done over the last few weeks in FIBA play and say, maybe he is a guy that we can view as a blue chip uh-huh. prospect? No. Yeah. Um, I, I it's, it, it's not to the degree of, you know what? I'm going to give Pat Riley a call like that. I don't think that watching Jovic is going to influence, get trade talks back on track and and kind of influence, (laughs) kind of nudge Portland to trading the greatest player in franchise history. But it's also not nothing, right? right? I I think they could at least feel 
good about it. The thing is, what they could do, it it helps them sell it, right? Because, you know, Portland fans are watching this too, and they, you got to like what you're seeing. It helps you sell it a little bit, but this is more of like back end massaging when the trade is done. That's where the value, I think, comes in. Or maybe Portland is also saying, like, you know what? We kind of want Jovic over Hakez because there have been reports, again, by Locked On Blazers, Mike Richmond, that the the Blazers were kind of high on Jaime Hakez going to the draft. Maybe this is like, you know what? This guy is a little bit more of a positional fit for us. He's bigger. He's more mm-hmm. maybe a higher ceiling than a guy like Hakez. Maybe we'd, we would ask for Hakez first, although I'm sure, or ask for Jovic first, although I'm sure that they would want to have both of them yeah. included in that deal. So, does this impact the, the Damon Lillard trade talks in a simple answer? Not really. That's sort of my answer is not really. It's not nothing, but it's not really to the degree of something either. Yeah, it's the, the cherry on top. It doesn't necessarily change what flavors of ice cream were included in your Sunday, but at least if you yeah. do wind up eating it, you're going to say, you know what? I, I've got this cherry on top because he does look pretty good in FIBA play. It's not such a bad thing. Um, it was, it's been a fun run watching Nikolajovic. We'll see what happens in the knockout stage of Serbia. Like I said, man, like that's a real team. They could win this thing. You know, this is not a lot of teams. Good. Right. I mean, Canada looks like they're smoking fools. Like they're, they're ridiculous out there. That is a a loaded squad. And And, team team USA crushed their opponent. Uh, uh, Josh Hart, Nick's legend and, and heat villain. Josh Hart, you know, ruining Miami's title chances this past season. He got reinserted into the starting lineup. Brandon Ingram getting uh, yanked out of them. That's another episode right there with Brandon Ingram's confidence falling apart. Is it time for Miami to start kicking the it's tires so, of the it, trade for Ingram? It's so interesting how Anthony Edwards just basically <laughs> stole all his thunder. Because they're these are both guys are score first, kind of. Brandon Ingram actually showed some stuff from a playmaking degree, like late yeah. as the season went on from New Orleans last year. But Five assists today. Yeah, five assists. Okay, great. But like, it it wasn't working out in the starting lineup for him because Anthony Edwards is just that dude. Yeah, he's the scorer. Give me the ball. <laughs> we talked about Anthony Edwards. He loves heat culture. We talked about him in an earlier. What did, what did, there was a quote between. I know we we're talking. We we're kind of going a little bit deep here, but he, there was a quote here where uh, I think Steve Kerr told you know when Kobe when when, when in two thousand eight when Kobe was here. You know, we needed somebody like Dwayne Wade to kind of maybe it was to Spolstra, but he was saying something to the effect of like we needed. Dwayne Wade to come in, he he came off the bench and and he provided that spark. And Edwards was like, "Yeah, but Kobe ain't on this team." So, and I am. <laughs> so give me the ball, let me go to work, and he's done it, man. He is he's poised for a leap here. Get your bets in early for uh, Anthony Edwards as an MVP candidate. I know it's Luca's awarded steal at this point, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Edwards in top five. I'm high on Minnesota's regular season wins, by the way. I think uh, Fanduel has it at like 43 and a half. I would go over on that. I actually, really? yeah, I, I, that has nothing to do with their playoff. Before. You I think I the have Gobert no challenge thing is still going to work now in the second year? We barely saw it in the first year. Cat was yeah. hurt the entire time. I actually I thought Cat had the right. Cat's been kind of dragged because he's had some ridiculous offseason material, what? hashtag content stuff. But he's <laughs> a changer? good player. Yeah, he's not a game changer, but he's a good player. He's not like worthless. Uh, and I actually thought he had the right approach with Rudy Gobert last year. I look, I'm, I'm high on it, but now we're doing a locked on Timberwolves thing. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in. Uh, next week, we're going to go through every player on the Heat's roster. Name one thing that that player needs to improve. You're not going to want to miss that. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes.